And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. A ton to get to today. Man, it's a, it's a good day. You guys feeling good today? I'm feeling good today. I know President Trump's feeling very good today. Man, it, it's a great day to be uh, to be uh, the President of the United States. Uh, I will say that. And it's a great day for anybody who uh, hasn't been absolutely categorically insane um, for the last three years. Um, you know, thinking men and women, normal, common sense Americans that didn't believe that their president uh, was a puppet of Vladimir Putin. It's a good day for all of us. If you're one of these idiots that actually bought into all that bullshit, um, you're probably sad today. So, you know, condolences, thoughts and prayers, guys. Uh, yeah, before uh, I get to my guest, um, I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Tweet at us. We always tweet back. And if you haven't already, I don't know what's wrong with you, but if you haven't already, uh, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I would really appreciate that. All right. I was joined by Alex Sears, uh, one of our frequent flyers here on the podcast. It's always good talking to Alec. And uh, yeah, it was a good chat. I think you guys will enjoy it. Without further ado, here is Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with my good friend, Alex Sears. Alec, uh, you're one of my frequent flyers, man. I feel like you're on every couple months. It's always good talking to you. Thanks for making the time today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm always uh, looking forward to coming on these podcasts. It's always a great time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, uh, man, it is a, it's a great day to, uh, to host a podcast. I, I, I will say that. Um, after two years of constant media insanity, uh, over $26 million spent, <laughs> Robert Mueller has finally concluded his investigation. Um, Mueller employed 19 lawyers and 40 FBI agents to conduct this investigation. Uh, and finally, yesterday, um, he submitted his full report to Attorney General Bill Barr, and Bill Barr submitted a summary of the report to Congress and then made it public. Um, the bottom line is there is zero evidence that President Trump or anyone else connected with President Trump colluded or conspired with the Russian government at all this is clear. It's final. It's conclusive. It's indisputable. The president is exonerated. It's over. <laughs> the Democrats have lost. The media has lost. <laughs> Finally. I, round it, of applause. Over. Everybody, yeah, I mean, round of applause for themselves. We made it well, through the, the Russiagate scandal. Uh, it's been two years, Alec. It's been two years. You know, it and it, it wasn't over a day too soon, um, honestly. Uh, it was what 675 days, I think, is the total. So incredible. I think you know, from the beginning, like folks on the right, just in general, were just tired of it because, I mean, it was so clearly a just media scheme, honestly, like a, a left wing scheme just to get back at Trump for winning in 2016. That's all it was, and that's what it was from the beginning, like. No question. And the fact that it's finally out, they have been wrong for the past two, two and a half years, and they now have to just eat their words 
is just so glorious. It's just great. You know, I almost bought, um, you know, because I don't trust anyone. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I know, you know, Robert Mueller, you know, he's had a distinguished, distinguished uh, career in the Justice Department, and he seems like an honorable guy uh, and a patriot. But still, I, I kind of thought, I mean, obviously I knew that the president didn't collude with Russia, whatever that even means. But I kind of assumed that Mueller would not really exonerate Trump. You know, he'd say, yeah, well, I guess there's no collusion, but he did this stuff. There's a little bit of, you know, maybe he uh, obstruction of justice or, or whatever. Like, there'd be enough in there that the media could still effectively spin it as, like, a loss for Trump. But that's mm-hmm. just not the case. I mean, this is this is a clear-cut no collusion. Like, it, this is the worst-case scenario for the Democrats and the best-case scenario for President Trump. It is. And the fact that there were indictments handed down for some of Trump's like close personal allies, friends, whatever you want to call them, um, the, all of the indictments handed down were unrelated to Russian collusion. The indictments that we got for, you know, uh, Manafort were um, like, it was like tax fraud and not registering as a foreign agent for work in Ukraine, which is, you know, currently pretty unfriendly with russia and to say the least yes (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean you know half of the other indictments that were brought against you know friends of trump they were all perjury traps so i mean that's not really news like perjury perjury you shouldn't lie to federal investigators but i mean they're they're gonna go out there and try and intentionally catch you and something like that so the fact that they were caught and some kind of lie isn't that big of a surprise. And the end result is, well, nobody got to anyone for anything that has to do with Russia colluding. Russian nationals were indicted, but that's because they were trying to interfere in the elect in the election outside of working with the Trump campaign. Nobody worked with the Trump campaign. And honestly, it just goes back to the fact that all the Democrats were elected all of their supporters all the media they just have to eat their words and it's it's just so impressive how horrible this turned out for them they built up this pyramid of lies and collusion for three years and it came crumbling down on top of all of them they've completely they've completely beclowned themselves i mean it is (laughs) They, they've lost, not that they had any credibility to begin with, but any credibility they once had is completely gone. And I think it's completely gone forever. Uh, and the media and the Democrats just won't take the L. Like, they, they're still not admitting that they lost. A few of them have. A, a few of them have. But the, the lion's share of, of the mainstream media just won't take the L. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's astounding. They're already pivoting to the talking point. Some of them are that, uh, that Bob Mueller is compromised. You know, that yeah. not only is Trump a Russian puppet, but Robert Mueller's a Russian puppet. I mean, it's, you really can't make this stuff up. You know, Chris Matthews So I can't believe Bob Mueller let Trump off the hook. Guys, you lost. You've, you've embarrassed yourselves. You got caught red-handed. You got caught holding the bag. It's like, uh, it's like they're blaming the ref in a game where you lost by 50. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's insane. Will any of these people be held accountable? Because obviously, obviously. The entire staff of MSNBC, CNN, The Post, The Times should all be fired. 
They should all be fired. I mean, <laughs> for lying to the American people for three years. Will, will any of them be held accountable? I uh, No. I don't really think they would be. Like, who is there to hold them accountable, first of all? Like, what did they do wrong in the execs' eyes? Nothing, honestly. Like, they... Media nowadays, it's not about, you know, the news necessarily. It's about ratings. It's about making money. You have to stay on TV. You have to, um, you know, bring in a viewer count. And the shows that are bringing in viewers are political commentary, not the news shows. People aren't necessarily getting their news from TV anymore. They're getting it from Twitter. They're getting it from, you know, their push notifications on their cell phones. Um, they're, they're, you know, they're going online to read it. They're not watching TV so the media landscape has completely divulged into, well, who can throw the most shit around and, and get away with it? The, the past three years of journalism have not been journalism. The past three years have been speculation. No one's gone out and done journalism. We didn't see any you know, nightly news hosts going to Russia with a team of investigative experts and trying to find the people who colluded with Trump. There was none of that. They were staying in New York and their studios and they were just screaming their heads off and getting nothing done. That's not journalism. Journalism is having people on the ground. You're going to find the sources. You're getting the information. You're sitting in a coffee shop where you can, you know, possibly overhear conversations. That's what you're doing. A lot of people, even on the right, are saying, okay, look, the president's clean. He's exonerated. Let's all move on. I don't like that. I'm not ready to move on yet because we've had the last, you know, three years wasted. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's time, time I've spent talking about Robert Mueller and Russian agents and shit on this podcast. That's time I'm never going to get back. That's time my listeners are never going to get back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this investigation was started, we all remember, by the bullshit, ridiculous steel dossier that was opposition research paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign. So we can't move on because this is this is absolutely criminal, man. I mean, this is absolutely unacceptable that this two-year-long investigation that cost the taxpayers $26 million was started by this bullshit fake dossier. I mean, somebody needs to be held accountable. Adam Schiff or, or some, one of these weasels in Congress. I, I, Trump should absolutely take a victory lap here. You know, people are like, oh, I hope he doesn't overdo it on Twitter. Overdo mm-hmm. it. He's been hounded by these people for years and years. I mean, he, he the media deserves whatever is coming to him. I think President Trump's earned the right to handle this situation however the hell he wants. And we need to just make sure that this never happens again. Like, I'm not ready to move on from this situation. Like, the de- the Democrats cannot get off that easy. Like, oh, well, I, I guess no collusion. Move on. No. You've ruined people's lives. You know, like Paul Manafort, like, I'm sure he's, you know, not a great guy, but he may die in prison. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he's, like, 75 years old, and he's going to be in jail for 10 years. Like, he's probably not walking out of there. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not okay. Like, I'm not ready. These people have to be held accountable at some level. Like, I, what do you make of, like, the, uh, this, okay, time to move on. Let's just wash our hands of it and kumbaya. Because I, I'm, I'm just not buying it, man. They just want to move on. Well, some of them want to move on as quickly as possible. Get it out of the limelight. But, like... Trump hasn't even really done anything. He had one, maybe two tweets where he was just saying, you know, oh, it's like it's over. Like, there's no collusion. We all knew this. 
that was it. He hasn't really gone as far as he normally does and, you know, celebrating his victories. He hasn't had the the tweet where it's like, we're not tired of winning yet. He hasn't done anything <laughs> of that. And I'm still seeing opinion articles talking about how Trump isn't uniting the nation after the Mueller probe because he hasn't completely moved on. They want him to move on so bad. They want to stop talking about it, but they can't. They're like, half of them want it to just go away, and the other half want to somehow preserve the fact that there was a Russia investigation, and we're going to keep investigating. They're still banking on the New York state prosecutors. They're still banking on you know congressional subpoenas now that the Democrats have Congress. Um, Bill Mayer on his show said that he doesn't need Mueller to tell him that Trump is a traitor because he has a TV. Because apparently listening to the liberal media tell him that Trump is a traitor is enough for him to believe that Trump needs to be, you know, impeached all hell to due process. How sick are these people? Like, if you aren't convinced that there's no collusion by Robert Mueller, who had everything at his disposal. $26 million. $26 million, an army of lawyers and an army of FBI agents and all the intelligence he could possibly want saying that there's absolutely no collusion and some people still won't believe it. I mean, that's sick. I mean, these are insane people. Like, these people are not well, Alec. They're, they're truly not. Like, if that if you aren't convinced now that there's no collusion, I don't know what to do. Like, you're the problem here. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this, is, uh, this is not normal behavior. This is not normal adult thinking. Somebody, some psychologist somewhere needs to finally come out and just diagnose somebody with a actual Trump derangement syndrome because that's what it is at this point. These people are just so angry that we could have Donald Trump, who used to be one of them, as president, and he's getting things done. The president will be reelected. I, I think this this was the nail in the coffin. I think President Trump will be living in government housing until January of of uh 2025 i i think this this did it and obviously there's a lot of time we have you know almost two years for the media to smear trump and try to take him down look i mean if the vote was held tomorrow i think trump wins 45 states and the (laughs) republicans pick up about 150 seats in the house i mean really i think it would be that devastating to the democrats but i think this was the one hope of the democratic party as ridiculous as they've been behaving lately to take out trump in 2020 and i think I, i was already fairly confident i'd give it maybe a 65 70 percent chance that trump is reelected. but now i I put it at around 99 percent. really i i I am that confident wow that's that's some impressive numbers you're you're throwing out there and you know i i don't really disagree um there's you know very few contenders in the race right now for the democrats that have any kind of shot at taking on trump and the fact that he's going to be coasting off of all of his judicial wins, his legislative wins, and the fact that, you know, two years was spent with the best and brightest of the FBI and nothing was found to be wrong with the 2016 election. He's he's golden. Like, as long as he doesn't do something horrific between now and 2020, God forbid, like, he's 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 president again. And the, the greatest gift that the Democrats and the media can give Trump is to lie. Because when they lie and they get caught in their lies, it just gives Trump and the Republicans all the ammo they need to beat them senseless with it. And that's what they're doing. I mean, all Trump has to run on now is they're a bunch of fucking liars. They've been mm-hmm. lying about me for years. It's been proven that I haven't done anything wrong. Why would you vote for a bunch of people that lie through their teeth at you constantly? I mean, they're just they're arming the Trump campaign right now. How do they not... 
I'm not trying to give them any ideas, but how the hell don't they see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing right into Trump's hand. The media proved this weekend that they are the enemy of the American people. Yes. They tried to convince a democracy that our election was not legitimate, that a foreign actor interfered along with with the help of the person who was actually running. They tried to instill a belief that our democracy had somehow failed. How is that not being the enemy of the American people by instilling a fundamental disbelief in the workings of our democracy? They're doing exactly what the Russians wanted, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is what... It's funny, if anybody's colluding with Vladimir Putin, it's the Democrats. I mean, all Putin wants is to stir discord in the United States of America and for the American people not to trust their government. I mean, that, that's what Vladimir Putin's regime wants. And the, the media, CNN and the Democratic Party, they're, they're giving him that. I mean, they're giving Putin everything he asked for. It is, it's unbelievable. It really I mean, to be fair, I, I also want our citizens to not trust the government, but oh, in I a agree. different oh, way. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, no, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. Um, what is your, you know, just for just for the good people back home, what was your favorite media reaction um, over over the news of, of no collusion? Oh, man, I think it had to be Rachel Maddow crying again because yes. her, yes. I mean, she, she had to fight through it. She had to, like, talk through it, trying to get to break, get to a commercial, just <laughs> like, you know, the night of the election. I'm, I'm so excited for the media montages that are going to come out in, you know, like a week or so where it's just all of the meltdowns and it's going to be akin to the 2016 election and Trump's base is going to ride this all the way to the ballot box. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. I I started this podcast right after the election in 2016, and I, I me and my former co-host had been talking about it for a few months months and throwing ideas back and forth. But what finally pushed me over the edge to get into this political world uh, uh, was Martha Raddatz crying on MSNBC <laughs> on election night, and I was literally like yelling at my TV. I'm like, "Bitch, you are a grown woman. St- <laughs> like, stop crying. Like, are you serious? You people are the worst." I'm like, screw it. I can do better than this. So I started the podcast. And so I just tweeted at Rachel Maddow. I'm like, thank you. Like, I, I will now redouble my efforts. Like, the No Gimmicks podcast will become an unstoppable force <laughs> in the very near future. Yeah, thank you. Your tears sustain me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm more motivated now than ever. So keep crying. Look, if there's no crying in baseball, there sure as hell isn't crying in politics. I mean, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. And one more point on, on the, the, the no collusion. How sick do you have to be? Talk about the enemy of the American people. How sick do you have to be to be sad that the president of the United States is not a Russian spy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? really? We're talking like if what the Democrats said about Trump was true, he'd be killed. I mean, that, I mean that's the penalty of death. Uh, so why... These people are just disgusting. I don't, I'm, I'm getting tongue-tied here a little bit because it's, it's hard to put into words how sick these people are. How can you be disappointed that your president is not a puppet of Vladimir Putin? I mean, it's just... I, I, they never cease to amaze me. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. And, like, it's hard to even see what their end game is because they just hate Trump so much that they will do anything to hurt this administration. But even if Trump had been you know, impeached and convicted of any sort of crime, they don't, we don't just go back and redo 2016. Hillary Clinton doesn't just become president. It goes to Pence. 
And why on earth would the Democrats want Mike Pence in office when he knows the legislative system better and he's more conservative than Trump is? I don't know. Maybe they think they'd be able to impeach him, too, somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just it's it. it's just foolish thinking from the Democrats. They're not thinking. They're reacting emotively. And that's, you know, it's going to kill them in 2020 again. Like, this is all everything is looking to 2020 now. The race has started. It's starting to gear up. The debates are planned. It's happening. Everything right now is going to be cannon fodder for 2020. I can't wait for it. I'm here for it, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be a wild ride. 2020 is more important than 2016, without a doubt. I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, I, I don't buy into the whole every election is the most important election of our lifetime narrative that both parties put forth every actually every two years, realistically. But I don't know, man. It, it's hard not to look at the 2020 election and not believe that it's the most pivotal election of at least, I don't know, of my lifetime, but of the last, you know, 15 years or so, mm-hmm. I would say. It's going to be a reckoning one one way or another. I think Trump I think Trump uh, remains president. I think he, you know, he won 30 states last time around. I could see him picking up a couple more potentially. I, I really think I, I think this this Mueller report was just I don't even think we know how, how devastating it will be for the Democrats yet. Yeah, like, we I don't even this, have the full text. Right. I think it's going to get worse and worse for the Democrats. I think it's going to I really think they're going to be eating eating this one for for years to come. Um, let, let's, let's move on. Let's move on from from Bob Mueller. We could probably just stay on this topic the, the whole show. But I do want to mention one other thing before I let you go. Um, Steiny Hoyer, who's the I believe he's the majority whip, the Democratic congressman, majority whip. Um, he spoke at APAC, which is the pro-Israel um, conference. I believe yesterday, and he called out Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Rashida Tlaib um, by name for their anti-Semitism. And he, uh, you know, he, he made the point, you know, there's 62 freshman Democrats in Congress, not just three, saying like, all right, guys, hey, we don't all want to kill Jews. We're not all crazy, evil anti-Semites. You know, what do you make of Steiny Horrier? I mean, good for him, in my opinion. But what do you make of the brewing, full, all-out, scorched-earth war brewing within the Democratic Party? Uh, let them at each other. They can have fun. Uh, obviously, you know, Ilan Omar should not be saying these, you know, things about Jewish people. I don't think it has a place in our politics, just anti-Semitism in general. Um, the, you know, congressional, what was it, a resolution that like kind of condemned Omar was a fraud. It was actually stronger language that was incredibly watered down by the Democrats. This was a few weeks ago. And honestly, I think that the Democrats don't really have, you know, as a majority, that much of a problem with what Omar is doing. There's such a dichotomy within the Democratic Party right now when it comes to anti-Semitism. You see Steiny Hoyer finally step forward and, and make some sense at APAC. And on the same day, Elhan Omar was giving a speech for CARE, which, if you don't know, CARE is... Uh, they're, they're essentially in cahoots with the Muslim Brotherhood. I mean, they are a radical, radical anti-Semitic group. Um, and Ilhan Omar gave a speech there where she basically said, no one cares what Jews have to say and called for Muslims to, quote, make Jews uncomfortable. So she's she's definitely doubling down on her Jew hatred. And 
I mean, it, it makes me uncomfortable to hear a radical Muslim tell a group of radical Muslims to make people uncomfortable. And I don't think that's a good luck. Look, um, how does the Demo- I don't know, man. I think this is a catastrophic week in general for the Democratic Party. How do they survive when their party contains Steiny Hoyer and Ilhan Omar at the same Like, I just don't see how you move forward as a party. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you make of this? I I know we, we kind of I'm kind of repeating myself here, but just the it, they really laid bare with Steiny Horror's speech and then Ilhan Omar's speech that the, the Democratic Party makes no sense at this point. I mean they they need to choose a direction, you know the anti-Israel, anti-Jewish, anti-capitalism direction or the more blue dog sensible direction. The time is now for them to choose before they completely destroy themselves. I mean they could go the way of the Whig Party in my opinion. Yeah, they're starting to split a little bit between the super far left and the still somewhat moderate Democrats. But even your moderate Democrats are are pretty hard left. Um, But the thing is, they have, you know, equal amount of constituents who are either staying moderate or being more moderate or moving for the left with the radical Democrats. So their constituents are somewhat reflecting what's happening in the party. And really, it just depends on, you know, who wins that battle over the constituents, because that's who, you know, is obviously electing their representatives. And the Democrats are, are going to survive. There's their party isn't dying like they have, you know, all the media as the media arm of their party. They're going to have all the cover they can possibly need. Ralph Northam still holds office. Like, they're going to be fine. It's ridiculous that they will, but they're, like, they're going to survive. We're not getting rid of them, and they're going to keep moving further and further left. What do you think, in terms of, uh, you know, generic ballot or approval rating-wise, between the, the anti-Semitic stuff, between Ilhan Omar's comments, Hoyer calling out his own colleagues in his caucus... And then, obviously, the media and the Democrats being completely embarrassed by the by the the Mueller investigation, being caught red-handed as as the liars that they are. If you put like a, I know we're not looking at generic ballads or anything like that this far out for the House or anything like that, but a week like this, what do you what what percentage point bump would you give Republicans? Do you think? Because I mean, I think this is the worst week the Democratic Party's had in a long time. I mean, decades and decades. So I I'd, I'd say. Obviously, we're not going to see polling data come out for you know a week or two, but I mean, five points, eight. I'd say eight. five to ten. Five to yeah. ten points. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, if you're a Republican, now's the time to start running for office. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime's I, a good time to start running for office. I won't do it, but uh, more power <laughs> to you guys. More power to hey, too much dirt on me, brother. I, I'm not uh put myself through that. <laughs> All right, Alex Sears, it's always great having you on, man, and I'm sure I'll have you back on soon. Where can everybody find you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Uh, yeah, hit me up on Twitter, at SearsAL. All right, everybody hit up Alec. He's great. Uh, I was, uh, You're no longer with Lone Conservative, but uh, I'm sure you will pop up uh, and do some writing again at some point soon. Um, it's always good reading your stuff. So uh, Stay tuned yeah. for that. We'll see. Stay tuned for that. I'm sure there's some irons in the fire. All right, everybody follow Alec Sears AL. He's a great Twitter follow as well. And, you know, an all-around good guy. And uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.